I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Sina. I need, I, I, I'm really excited to, like, get right into it today. Okay, let's jump right in. I'm ready to go. But we have to be, we have to be loyal to festive till February. Okay. So the only question that I have for you at this point is, it's cold, it's still Christmassy. What Christmas clothing do you still continue to wear? Because I definitely don't continue to wear all of it, but I have a couple pieces that I'm like, this is still acceptable. So if anyone caught our uh, Instagram live that's currently on our Instagram, like that kind of sweater where it's winter, not Christmas, I can get away with. Or I have like a, a turtleneck that has a snowflake. I feel like that's winter, not Christmas. Even though I feel like I have worn that and someone's been like, yo, that looks so Christmassy, but it's just wintry. Cause I don't, and also I saw my Christmas tree up. Do you want me to go turn the lights on? Will that make- of mine, I turn the light, I turn the lights on mine when, as soon as I get home. Yeah. I'm not taking down my Christmas stuff. No, probably the first week of February, I'll take it down. Yeah. If I remember. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Nicholas is about to tell me you need to take it down now because he doesn't like keeping it up this long. I like keeping it up this long gotta stay festive exactly when you think about it it's really not up that long because we don't start in october no start in december yeah well i started in november but like after thanksgiving but basically december i mean how many days are really left you know yeah we play the long game (laughs) you have to this is why this is why people get depressed this is why people get sad like the acronym not i guess it's the same thing they start too early and then they have there's like nothing left there's nothing fun in january valentine's day isn't fun galentine's day is fun but if but what if your friends don't all live near you or you can't decide on a day or what if like you just don't like valentine's day yeah is jackie's wedding gonna be our galentine's day celebration oh my god it just hit me wait a second hold on what's her wedding no, her her shower is gonna be okay. No one knows what I'm talking about. April. No one knows what I'm. What happened? I thought your wedding was in April. No, Jackie's wedding. Yeah. No, Jackie's wedding is in February. Oh, what's in April? I don't know. I don't know anymore. I messed that one up. That's on me. I'll take that. Okay. I have a sweater. It's really a it's a Christmas sweatshirt. And it's the one that we did the first time we took pictures for this podcast. And it's the one that says Dachshund Through the Snow. Mm-hmm. That I'll for sure wear. It has, it's black, but it has red and green on it. But it doesn't say like Merry Christmas. And since it's always snowing in January and February, I'm like, oh yeah, this is still a go. Is So here on the Northeast, it has not snowed yet. Shh. We've gotten a little bit of snow, but we yeah. haven't gotten like snow snow. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get it this winter. That seems like it's a problem. I don't know. I um, I, I, It's definitely cold. I mean, we've had a few days in the teens. Yeah, but it's just not – no snow. That just seems so odd. 
I have to now I have to call attention to this because we're talking about the weather of all things and I can talk to like anybody right and so the other day we were walking the dog and we went outside and our neighbor is not from Jersey he's from a very warm area and so like I've chatted with him outside while we were walking our dogs before and so I went out to him and it was like I don't know it was like 30 something degrees like high 30s so it was like a warmer winter day here yeah and I asked him how he was um how he was responding to the weather if he was getting used to the cold and then like so the two of us were like chit-chatting for like 10 minutes and he was telling us oh like it really hasn't been that cold and uh, and you know we haven't gotten a whole lot of snow and like it's actually really cold down there and so I can like feel, I can feel the looks that Dave is giving me as I'm having this conversation. Yeah. And I turn around after we're done. I'm like, all right, we'll have a good night. I turn around and this is what I see behind me. (laughs) I just gave Danielle like a face that literally says, like has what the fuck written all over it. And he just looks at me and he goes, the weather the weather <laughs> say what like, say like, what you, I can't help it if you don't like to talk to people say what you want but talking about the weather there's a reason it's the default it's literally the easiest thing to do I had to be on the phone with UPS today and I do my best. I'm John Mulaney. I'm running for mayor of nothing. Like I do my best to be completely, completely pleasant on the phone with customer service representatives because I work in customer service and I know what it's like to deal with mean people on the phone. And it makes you not want to do any work for them. The people who are very nice to you, you want to do work for them. So what did I do? the, The woman, I asked her how she was. And she said, thank you for asking. I'm good. How are you? I said, I can't complain. Even though I can here in New York, it's rainy. And she thought it was funny. (laughs) And I said, oh, what can you do? But moving on, can you help me with my shipment? So the thing is, is like, it's a good default, but there's a reason it's the default. I agree. Everyone can talk about the weather. Everyone has an opinion on the weather because we're all dealing with it. It's true. It's true. But I I just had to bring that up because it made me laugh. Okay. We're all caught up on our our festivities. Um, Are we ready to rock and roll? We are ready to rock and to roll. And also roll. Okay. (laughs) So, Danielle and I are going into... Oh, my God. I was going to say Stranger Things. That's not not it at all. No. We're going into... (laughs) The White Lotus. Why was I blanking? I had to think about it. It's okay. It's all right. Was Dave just laughing at you? No, he's laughing at something though, but you can hear him, right? I I heard him. I heard him laughing. Yeah. I thought he was making fun of you. No, I don't think so. Okay. I haven't heard it again, so I don't think it was me. Um, But we're doing White Lotus season two on HBO Max. It is an HBO Max original series or just HBO original series. What are the awards and nominations, Danielle? That's an excellent question. So for the Emmys, oh crap, did I open? I closed the page I wanted to get B to. Uh, for the Emmys, uh, season two has not yet been nominated, but only 2022. So we'll have to see what happens down the road. 
but I'm just going to wait for my page to reload and then I'll be able to tell you what happened at the Golden Globes. So at the 2023 Golden Globes, Jennifer Coolidge won for best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a limited in the limited anthologies, limited series anthology <laughs> series or motion picture made for t TV. This won for best TV limited series. Um, F. Murray Abraham, who plays Bert, was nominated for best actor in a supporting role for a limited series anthology series. Ba 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 ba. And then Aubrey Plaza was nominated for best performance by an actress in a supporting role in the limited series anthology series or motion picture made for for TV. That's it. Uh, you know what the problem is about that category? There's so many things that we want to do in it, so you're just going to have to keep saying I know. I know, because you know what? We've talked about this. Love a limited series. Mm -hmm. Love a little just seven-hour episode of a seven-hour story, if you will. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but there's a lot more of those that we have coming our way. We do. But you know what? I'm ready to take it on. So I just – we should come up with an acronym – Best uh, best actor in a supporting role in an L S A S M P M T V. That just sounds like alphabet soup to me. Okay. I am not good at acronyms whatsoever. Acronyms go right over my head. You're not doing anything to them though. Like this isn't like fanboys where you can like maneuver the words around. They ha it's like NASA. They have to stay in this order. Yeah. Yeah, you know what fanboys is, right? Does anybody? I'm, oh my god! I'm so <laughs> anybody? Can anybody tell me what fanboys is? <laughs> I had to teach two classes today, and that's. I'm like, does anybody know this? It's only us. It's two of us here. Nobody else is here. <laughs> oh man, we are. Sorry to everyone listening to this. Hear about Jackie's wedding, asking a question like we're in school again. Can you please raise your hand if you know what fanboys is? For those of you who don't know what fanboys is, it's an acronym um, for not prepositions, um, conjunctions. For and nor but or yet so, fanboys. Okay. They don't have to appear in that order, so you could make another word with it if you wanted to. Gotcha. That's why I said it that way. Okay. Anyway, come here and you come here and, and they come here and they learn, Danielle. <laughs> what do you want from me? That's that's, that's the only thing I know how to do at this point is teach. So that's all I got. Oh I'm man. On my sleeve, except I can fool you into learning. That's it. All right. All right, I'm going to go into the summary. Okay. Dude. Oh, I hope you like it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm buckled in. Do you, um, my only question is, did this take place in 2022? Don't, don't give me that hand. She's giving me full Italian hands. <laughs> dun, 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 is that what you hear? Is that what you hear when I talk? Oh my goodness. Did this take place in, what was it? The year 2022. Now I'm moving my hand off camera so you can't see it. I guess so. I think it's supposed to take place in modern day. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Picture it. Sicily, 2022. <laughs> Dropping a Golden Girls reference on me. Love it. Tell me more, Sophia Petrillo. Okay. A group of vacationers visit a luxury resort 
each with their own problems in paradise. We'll spend this season of the anthology trying to figure out whose body washed up on shore and why there were many more to be found in the ocean. Dun dun. All right. So ocean, sea, ocean. It's the Ionian Sea. Sea. Damn it. I wrote ocean here. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I wrote nothing. I just added that on. <laughs> I just wrote shore. Yeah, ad libbing. Yeah. Ad- I know. You're improving over here. Just spitballing. Just spitballing. <laughs> We should change the name of this podcast to just be Just Spitballing. But I'm sure that someone's already taken that name. Okay. Probably. Doesn't matter. Nobody but, has Two Girls Watch TV. No, we have it. Um, two Girls, One Ghost. That's that's a podcast. Because whenever I type in Two Girls, that's what pops up. All right, doesn't matter. Don't need to give out free promotion, but I just did. So let's talk about our characters. Our girl Tanya is back, played by Jennifer Coolidge. And she's just as ditzy as ever. And God love her. Uh, this is very different from what I said last time we talked about White Lotus. We'll get into it. So she comes to Sicily to meet her now distant husband, Greg, played by John Grease. And she brought along her Gen Z assistant, Portia, played by Haley Lou Richardson. We're introduced to the DeGrasso men who have come to Sicily to find their distant relatives. We have Bert DeGrasso, the grandfather um, with Zero Filter, played by F. Murray Abraham. Uh, if you're wondering who the heck is that guy, because that's what I was wondering, who the heck is that guy? If you have ever watched the movie Grand Budapest Hotel, he plays an elder Zero who narrates the whole thing. So, um, his son is Dominic, played by Michael Imperioli. I don't think I need to tell you who Michael Imperioli is. He's Christopher. But I'm going to tell you anyway. He's Christopher from uh, The Sopranos. He's much more reserved from, uh, than his father, but also has a hard time keeping it in his pants. And then his son is Albie, played by Adam DeMarco. He thinks he's better than his dad and grandpa. Turns out he's not. And we'll get into that in the climax. So we have our two couples on vacation. There's Ethan, played by Will Sharp. He recently came into money for a company that he founded, and he just made it big. He's married to Harper, played by Aubrey Plaza, who is a labor and employment lawyer and not down with the frivolous, out-of-touch lifestyle that Cameron and Daphne live by. Cameron is played by Theo James. He is the epitome of a finance bro. He was roommates with Ethan in college and is now hungry for a piece of Ethan's wealth. Uh, His wife is Daphne, played by Megan Faye. She may be pretty and perky, but don't let that fool you. Um... The manager of the White Lotus this season is Valentina, played by Sabrina, and I'm going to rep- I'm going to say this in an Italian accent. Please do not make fu- fun of me. Impacciatore. Impacciatore. It's A P A no. I M P A C C A I A. Oh my god. T O R R E. The double Cs make a chi sound, she- don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it's impacciatore. Impacciatore. Yeah, impacciatore. Is there an I there? Is there an I after the CC? Yes. Then it's impacciatore. Love it. That's an excellent last name, if I've ever heard one. So Valentina. She is blunt, runs a tight ship, and has no problem playing favorites, as we can see by the way she manages. Uh, That all goes down the drain when she allows two local hookers into the hotel at the request of Dom, Um, or Dominic. I don't think they ever call him Dom on the show. Uh, The hookers are Lucia, played by Simona Tabasco, 
She's the brains of the operation. And then there's Mia, played by Beatrice Grano, uh, who has aspirations of becoming a singer and will stop at nothing to climb the ladder of success. Tanya B comes friends with some quote unquote local gays led by Quentin, played by Tom Hollander. <laughs> and poor and Christine is laughing at the quote unquote gays. We'll get more into that in the climax. Uh. Um, and Portia falls for, uh, oh, before I get into that, Quentin, Tom Hollander, if anyone watches Pride and Prejudice as religiously as I do, the Kira Knightley version from like 2004, he was on that. Uh, Portia falls for his nephew Jack, played by Leo Woodall. Okay. <laughs> so we have two mini climaxes and then the big climax. So I'm going to start with the mini climaxes. The okay. first one is with the quadruple. So Harper thinks that Ethan slept with Lucia, the prostitute, after she found a condom on the couch. Turns out it was actually Cameron because we saw that happen. Ethan uh, knows about Cameron's advances on Harper in the beginning of the season. And Ethan sort of catches Harper and Cameron cheating. Sort of catches them in the act. Harper lies at first, but then she finally admits that they that her and Cameron kissed while the door was latched and Ethan was sus. And Ethan came uh, knocking on the door. Ethan and Cameron have a full-blown f- brawl in the ocean, and you think, oh, someone's dying. But turns out that's not the case. Ethan walks away and then runs into Daphne. He admits to her that he thinks something happened between Harper and Cameron. And instead of having a very dramatic reaction she gives one of the best acting reactions i've ever seen in my life and she tells ethan not to worry and that you never really know what goes on inside people's heads and then they traipse off to the secluded island and we're all left to sit here scratching our heads being like did they bang or not we're not sure but we can all debate about that now we love when we can we as a collective audience can debate on whether something did or did not happen so that was one mini climax. The next mini climax is that Lucia tells Albie that her pimp is after her and she needs 50,000 euros to release herself from him. Albie goes to his dad for the money and Dominic is like, fuck that. And then Albie plays or Albie tells him that he will talk his dad up to his mom to get him back on her good graces because as we know throughout the series, Dominic's been cheating on his wife and his wife is not having it and he wants Albie to help him. This is all Dominic has wanted. Um, So he winds up giving his son the money. Then we get to our big climax. Portia steals Jack's phone and calls Tanya who is on the boat with Quentin and the quote unquote gays. Portia and Tanya think or Portia tells Tanya that she thinks something is up. Uh, through shared info, they realize that Jack was meant to get rid of Portia, and Quentin wants to kill Tanya so Greg can bypass their prenup and get all of her money because Quentin and Greg are lovers, a la the young picture of Greg in Quentin's bedroom. So Greg is one of the gays. Greg is one of the, the quote-unquote gays. He might be the leader. He, he may. Well, I think Greg and Quentin are both the leaders of this. Mm-hmm. So Jack leaves Portia on the side of the road near the airport and tells her not to go back to the hotel. Tanya 
tries to get off the boat, but the Italian captain cannot help her. And that's when we get the famous line, I think these gays are trying to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's, it's just, oh, that scene is so good. You're just trying to, you're just trying to keep up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The Italian mob guy that she hooked up with the night before, you know, in Palermo, uh, comes up on a boat for dinner. They have dinner, and afterwards, Tanya's, like, on edge the whole time. She said she's going to go to the bathroom. She grabs the mob guy's bag because she knows from previous that he keeps a gun in there, but he also has duct tape and rope in there because he's going to kidnap her. Um, She is manic crying fit knowing that everyone's after her so what does she do she shoots everyone in her way uh except for one guy who jumps off the boat and the captain she doesn't shoot them she tries to exit the boat to get on the dinghy that the italian mob guy drove up on and in classic tanya fashion she falls and smacks her head and dies Okay, after Tanya's body washes up to shore, she's found by Daphne, who's swimming in the sea. Authorities and hotel admin are alerted. Valentina is found in disarray as she's confronted with not only a body found in the ocean, but several more on a boat nearby. Our weekly vacationers make their way to the airport. Couple Daphne and Cameron and Harper and Ethan are looking as though things have been smoothed over all around. Portia catches up with Albie and they exchange numbers. Bert and Dominic are here at the airport as well, and they seem to have a better feeling about their family coming together since Albie agreed to talk to his mother about his father because Dominic granted 50K for the hooker, Luisha. Luisha. Lucia. Lucia. I saw the letters in my brain, and my brain went like this with them. (laughs) Went la 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 in my brain. Okay. Cut, um, Portia low-key discovers that her boss is dead through this weird encounter with, um... Albie. Yeah, so it's like, she doesn't actually hear the words, but she knows enough to put it all together. Luckily, her, um, not-so-prince charming spared her, and she was able to walk to the airport. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Italy, where we see Lucia and Mia walking in the streets in total freedom. So, what did IMDb rate this? IMDb gave it a 7.9 out of 10 for the series. The highest rated episode was the end. Arrivederci at um, a 9.0. On Metacritic, the meta score was an 82 and the user score was an 8.2. Ooh, okay. This time they've been the same. Uh, Season 2 on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 94%. The audience only gave it a 70%. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I have some theories as to why. Okay. So Um, I picked a bad review. Do you want to hear my bad review? Go for it. Okay. Two out of five stars. A complete 180 from the first season. This show devolves into a fucked up epic. The last four episodes are absolutely full of the most wild and fucked up scenarios and is very unenjoyable to watch. This and the first season feel like two different shows completely. Every singer, every singer, every single character development is built on lust. 
Most of the last episodes are sex, drugs, tension, and hidden motives not worth watching. I don't know what this person enjoys for entertainment because I enjoy all those they should, things. <laughs> they should stay clear of HBO then. Yeah, don't watch anything on HBO. Jeez Louise. HBO is all of those things. Sometimes all of them in one show. Mine was a three out of 10 and it's titled Not My Style of Humor. And so, young grasshopper, I am here to help you because I went into season one thinking this was a comedy. So I felt that I had to educate the future of reviews. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm not sure this might have... When did this start coming out? Mm, the show? No, the season. The se- oh, well, okay, so not season one. We're talking about season two? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I watched it in real time, too. I want to say... You know what? I can look it up. Do your review and I'll, I'll look it up. Well, I think this might have been from season one then, so I might have screwed this up. <laughs> so, um, actually, why don't we go into highs and lows and I'll find the other review I've wanted because it was newer. Season two started airing on October 30th, 2022. Yeah, I fucked this up. So, um, let's go into highs and lows and I'll find the other review while we're talking about that. Okay, I have so much to talk about. The first thing I want to say is just to go back to my review where they were talking about how it's sex, lust, and tension and all this. Mm-hmm. So the creator of the show, Mike White, um, said that the big premise of the show is sex as opposed to the first season, which was, I believe, Greed. Um, Was it Greed? It could be Greed. Or maybe loss? No, I think it was greed. We'll, we'll go with greed. Okay. Um, I mean, sex was de- definitely played into... I think it was more of like... Well, maybe greed, but like, there's also definitely a sub-theme of like egos. Yeah, definitely. But isn't there a sub-theme of egos in this as well? Yeah. So... Um, this maybe was... more like pride. Okay. Maybe well, I take ego back. Maybe it's more of a pride thing. This episode, this season was definitely about like sex. And I think he discussed that next season may be about religion and take place in like an Eastern country. So okay. that's what's on the horizon. So the whole premise of the show was to talk about mostly like lust in particular. Now, I want to talk to you about the ending specifically because I thought that when I first watched the ending, I didn't really like it because I didn't like how Tanya died. But then the more I understood it, the more I appreciated it. That she would just shoot everyone and then die in the most dramatic way. I don't think she could have exited this series any other way. True. I couldn't like, I was like, that's it. Um, but then I thought about it and I was like, well, it wouldn't make sense for them to just like take her. She doesn't seem like she would want to go willingly, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you, so Lucia and Mia really, well, Lucia really did play Albie and got 50 grand from him and then just like dipped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she got more than 50 grand because she also got like 1300 from, uh, Cameron and then two grand from Albie and then she got however much from Dominic. So she really like made out well this season. And we, we have to assume that she's free. I mean, I wrote that she was free in the ending, but... 
Well, right? I so I mean, uh, here's how I think that I know that that information is true because when she sees what's his name, Alessio, yeah, he's kind to her. He lets her pass. He has no issue with her. Whereas every other time we see him, he's angry. He's stern and controlling. So that's not true because when we first meet Lucia in the first episode, she walks past where that guy is standing and she does the same exact thing. So I don't think that he's actually like her pimp. I think that it's just someone that she knows from the neighborhood and she used him as a pawn. You think? Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. And then she just got him to follow her that one time? Yep. She probably paid him off. And I think that's it. Interesting. That's I think she's point. the brains of the whole operation. Well, I got that vibe at first. And then when I saw that he was controlling because she said to Mia, I just do this because I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I think that that is still, I think that's still very much her. And I think that she's just able to really play basically each guy that came, that she wanted to. She played, she played Dominic because she got to, she got into the hotel and she used him right. to get into the hotel. She played Cameron because, well, yeah, she used Cameron basically to, because she knew what, who he was. That was obvious. And then she played Albie. The one that I really thought she was going to play was the grandfather. I had a moment where I was like, are all three DeGrasso men really going to bang the same person? And grandfather, the grandfather proved to be very wise, very quickly. Um, I thought the grandfather character was absolutely fantastic. He w had some of the funniest lines, like the when he's like, "I'm concussed." <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that in general, this is some of the best acting I've seen in a long time. Daphne is such an underrated character, but she, Megan Faye, brought the acting in such a subtle way that was so good. Yeah, I think that you yeah, you have a lot of like really, really great supporting um, cast members here. I will say the one thing that I wish there was more of in the first one was Tanya had more interaction with all of the guests. Yeah. And I thought that that made it, that's what made it like so special. Yeah. And I kind of wish we had a little bit more of that. But I do think that season three is, has a lot of explaining to do because the first season, no stone was left unturned. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of things we don't know about. Like Lucia, we don't really know that situation. We don't know if Ethan and Daphne had sex. We, don't, we also don't know if Harper and Cameron had sex. We don't, but I think that, I don't think they're going to go back and explain that. I think they're just going to leave it open. And... But they have to dissect the Greg thing. That has to be season three. Th that 1,000% does. Um, I had a thought the other day. I would love for them to go back in time and do a prequel. Did, wait, didn't I just say this about... Uh, what did we just talk about? about? Um, what we did last week, which was the Glass Onion. Yeah, I don't know why I've been wanting prequels so badly. But I don't think they can do a prequel until they finish... They, they got some other stuff to figure out. Uh, they on a big when Tanya was talking about like her mother dressing her up like a doll and just like letting people fill her up and like you find yourself in some very weird situations like I would love to see a young Tanya and see what that was like 
Oh, she could have a whole spinoff show. Are you kidding me? She could. Um, I think Aubrey Plaza did absolutely fantastic. And after watching this, it made me want to watch every single movie that Aubrey Plaza was in. She's in a new show. Uh, yes, she is. Emily the Criminal, I think it's called yeah. or something like that. Um, I thought that Valentino was incredible. Her, she is leaps and bounds above the manager from last season because oh i don't know he was fantastic no i liked her so much more when the monica Vitti, or like who do i look like and and jennifer coolidge wants her to say monica Vitti, and she says peppa pig killed me killed me also that was an improvised line how do you know i heard i watched like a behind the scenes or like i i heard that that was completely improvised Oh my god! And it made it. Um. Th- so if you notice, I'm singing a lot of praises to Tanya this season, and my big thing last season was that I did not like Tanya. She redeemed herself big time for me this season. Oh, I liked her last season too. I found her so annoying. But she's the same person this season. She is, but I th- maybe I'm just used to her at this point. Or I just get it now. character that you grow to love. Because nothing about her has changed. No. Now, sorry to keep jumping around because that's just like where my head is at. Um, Daphne and uh, Ethan, did they have sex? Harper and Cameron, did they have sex? What, what, where do you stand on that? Well, I was, we were talking about it and it just kind of seemed like, um, Harper and Cameron, uh, at first I thought that maybe they didn't do anything because she was trying to make Ethan feel how she felt. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was a lesson to be taught. And then maybe that's why they first started it. Like, I don't necessarily think that she was like, oh, I was so frustrated. And like, I, we just ended up here alone. I think she knew exactly what she was doing and she wanted to put him in the same position so that he could feel the feelings that she was feeling. Cause you could tell she looked sick to her stomach. Yeah. So... I don't really know. I don't think we have enough evidence to decide if Daphne and Ethan had sex or not. So here's my theory. I think that the evidence is Harper and Ethan at the airport. So if you remember Harper and Ethan, like they're really not touchy feely anytime in public at all. Actually, not even in private. Like they're just not that type. You can tell that there's like this big strain between them. And when they're sitting in the airport, they're suddenly cuddling and being exactly like Daphne and Cameron. And part of me thinks that it's because they became Daphne and Cameron. Because oh. as you know, Daphne and Cameron. It's very clear that they cheat on each other. We've seen Cameron cheat on Daphne. And it's alluded that Daphne's eldest child is not Cameron's. It's her, uh, it's her trainers. We're sure about that? So. Because when that scene happened, it was like she was basically saying, I'm staying in this marriage because I love my children so much. Like when she showed a picture of her kids, or I guess it could be like, um, let me show you a picture of him. And she's like, this is a picture of your kid. So I wasn't sure if it was like, I made this kid with my trainer or 
I'm only in this marriage because he supports me and my kids and she's that's like what she lives for. No, I think that was, I'm going to show you a picture of my trainer and then shows you a picture. And she said specifically that he's blonde and has big blue eyes. And then she shows you a picture of her oldest kid who was blonde with big blue eyes. And okay. then that information is followed up when she's on FaceTime with them and she and the kid is like, where's daddy? Where's daddy? And Daphne's yelling, Cameron, and you can see his face change where he's annoyed and then he puts on a happy face for the kid because you can tell that that's not actually his kid. He's not daddy. Okay. Oh, I lo those subtleties are so good. So that's why I'm thinking like, I think that, I think that uh, Harper definitely did something with Cameron. I don't know how much. And I think that Daphne and Ethan, definitely something happened. And that now they're kind of this weird Daphne Cameron protege. Okay. Yeah, I had a lot of like mixed thoughts about these things. So there was more to figure out this season. But I will say the, the whole climax with um, Tanya um, it was a lot. It was a lot of information. It was a lot to unpack. It was a lot to explain, but I love how they did it in levels because everything else is like, it could be this, it could be that we could debate about it, but you have your, you have your diehard Tanya fans who know her inside and out and probably understood the money situation right away. Yeah. And then you have your, uh, people who ship Tanya and Greg. And when they see the picture of Greg at Quinton's place, um, at the very least, it's raising suspicions. And then if you're still like, I don't know, um, Tanya explains the whole thing to the Italian captain of the boat, which is like the final nail in the coffin, no pun intended, just in case anybody in the audience didn't understand exactly what was happening. And I thought that was just brilliantly delivered. Because yeah. sometimes when you deliver something on the nose, it doesn't always go well. Yeah. But I thought that that was perfect. Um, and then on the other side, I don't know if you noticed it, but I, I put one example in my notes, but I loved the symbolism with all of the art and the photos. Oh, I, if I had the time, I would decode every single thing. Well, I decoded one. Okay, tell me. After Albie and Lucia have their first sexual encounter, he falls back on the bed and we see a picture of a man with two arrows one stabbing him in the back and one stabbing him in the heart. Oh, wow. That's really good. So that's foreshadowing to what she's going to do to him. Yes. And I just got chills again. <sighs> I was like, whoa, like I had to pause it and like process that shit. The, I mean, the okay. visuals of the show are always so good, but throw in Italian art. Love it. Fantastic. Sign me up. I'm here all day. Yeah, it was really good. Also, okay. unpopular opinion, I hope that when they go back to California, Albie and Portia give it a go. Like, I ship them. I think that I, I think that they needed, like, a moment to, to hook up with people that are bad for them, and then they realize, hey, maybe we should have never done that, and let's give this a try. I love how you said, like, bad for them, <laughs> like we did in college. These are people that could have gotten them killed yeah these are like dangerous people well i don't know if lucci is getting albie killed but for a moment you think that jack is going to kill portia you're like is if this you, 
if you follow the plot of Alessio being her pimp, yeah. True. Fell point. Absolutely could have killed the whole family in one shot. Yeah. Also, I absolutely love that those three guys got chased out of those that women's house in um uh, <laughs> what what was it? Oh, she when she said she was going to beat them with an uh, artichoke. That's absolutely hysterical. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Also, like, all Bert had to do was say his mother's name, and maybe that would have jogged a memory for these three women, but he couldn't even say that. They just got completely chased out of the house, and I kind of loved it. Um, it's, yeah. I, uh, well, once they lost Lucia, I was like, they, they gotta turn around. They can't fulfill this mission. Yeah. You went there without a translator. You don't speak the language. All you know was their last name, which anybody could do. And like, it's like a classic, like not thinking it through situation of, Hey, what if three guys just roll up to this house and say their name? That won't be sketchy at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, I found my review. Okay. Go ahead. You, um, do we, are we clear of highs and lows? Uh, I don't have any lows. My only question is, can someone please tell me what nail color Aubrey Plaza has on her hands? Because I want it on my hands. The red? It was like a cinnamon red, and I loved it. Just uh-huh. just a question. If anyone finds that information, please contact me directly. <laughs> Email us at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. You can spell T-W-O. Exactly. Or DM me at uh, Daniel Kobianki. Thank- please and thank you. Okay, this, um, it's almost like this review was written for us. Okay. It's a one out of 10, worst show ever, question mark. Honestly, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I give one star to anything. But this show, what is it? Is it a comedy? Because it is not funny. Oh, young grasshopper, please hang on a moment. This was the, this was the young, this was the real young grasshopper. Okay. And yes, I actually, in all capital letters, watched all the episodes. It's like they they Um, heard us. It's like they've listened to the show before. It's like they have. Didn't laugh once. I didn't even feel the need to smile of any of it. None of the characters are interesting. Nothing that happens is interesting. There's no action. Just weird people staying at a hotel. Um... They don't have any meaning to each other. I feel like I would, could rather watch the show Hertigruta for the first time. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Which we have here in Norway. Oh, they're from Norway. Oh, there we and go. I feel more satisfied, which is just a program filling a boat from the air. Which is a program fill, which is just a program filming a boat from the air 24-7. Out of words. How this show can be so highly rated is a mystery to me. I don't get the point of the show. So if there is if there is a meaning here, please let me know. Well, Helen Gula, we're here to tell you that we too thought it was a comedy. It's not, first of all. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I was so disappointed with season one. Because everybody said, oh, it's a comedy. I feel like this season may be more of a comedy than last season. It's not. Okay. Comedy at all. It just happens to have really, really strong comic relief moments. That's true. Valid point. 
So, um, moving on, what did you eat while watching this? Well, I told you before we started that we watched this in one sitting and we went to bed at like four o'clock in the morning. So I honestly don't remember what I had for dinner, but I'm doing um, Whole30, so it was likely vegetables, potato, and some sort of meat. Okay. I'm Plug your ears. I had some pasta. It was gluten-free pasta from uh, Trader Joe's. I figured pasta would be appropriate to have while uh, watching this. Yes, I agree. So um, I did pasta, a little olive oil, some spinach, a little uh, grated cheese. And then I had marinated some chicken in lemon, dill, and olive oil. And I baked it so it was nice and juicy. I put that on top and it was delicious. Sounds really good. It was very good. I miss pasta. Soon enough. Soon enough. Yeah. But, okay, so as far as my expectation for this goes, I was thinking that Tanya would appear in every um, season moving forward, but I didn't think that we would have her entire storyline. Like, she gives the impression of being a flighty person, so I thought that she'd probably have a new and exciting storyline with every season. Because there's just so much shit that happens to her that that's believable. Yeah. I also didn't expect her to die, but then we watched the Globes, and then I heard that. Yeah. So um, I had really high hopes when I saw the cast was announced and that I heard it was then I heard it was taking place in Sicily. Like when I heard that this season was in Sicily, I was at first like, I don't know if I'm going to watch season two. And then I heard Sicily. I was like, ah, but sign me up for that. I can totally watch something happen in, in Italy. I watched this in real time. And let me tell you, I don't get to watch many shows in real time. This was an excellent show to watch in real time because the trailer would leave you on such a cliffhanger and because you like know a murder is going to happen so each episode you're doing that thing where you're like who's dying and who's doing the one the killing so you're like weighing in your head at the end of every episode ah maybe it's going to be like Cameron and Ethan maybe Cameron's going to kill Ethan maybe Ethan's going to kill Cameron maybe like Daphne's gonna be like a low-key like knew about it even though she's the one finding the body maybe it's gonna be Aubrey Plaza maybe it's gonna be Lucia because you know kill the prostitute that's a very common uh theme like you never know what's really going to happen I thought it was gonna be the grandfather could be the grandpa you you can make like you can make scenarios in your head for each character of why they're the one dead and why they're the ones who are doing the killing. So it was absolutely incredible, got me completely hooked. And uh, I think the ending, so I watched the ending when it first came out. And when Nicholas saw it, he walked up, spit to the ground and was like, that's the stupidest ending I've ever seen and got so, so mad. And I will agree, I was like, she's really just gonna fall off the boat like that. But then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that's such a Tanya thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, oh. so of course I did that thing that I always do where I finished it and I didn't write my notes right away. So I went back and rewatched it, but I'm honestly not mad about it because I got to pick up on things that I didn't pick up before. And I really appreciated that watching it all the way through. And I was grateful. So I'm happy that I watched it a second time. Final question. Yes. IRL moment. Um, when Tanya and Quentin first meet, 
and uh, he's like, tell me this, tell me your story. And she's like, well, I was born in this and or I was born in San Francisco. And he's like, oh, so we're starting from the very beginning that <laughs> I don't know if my mother's listening. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. But you are that person all the time. Love that woman to death. But damn, does she take a lot of twists and turns and does start from the very beginning with a story. <laughs> I don't really know if I have an IRL moment. I had another one, which is just all the Aperol spritz drinking because I love Aperol spritz. That's true. That is true. But that's just being in Italy. I don't know. I, I like, I tried to, th- I mean, I've, I've gone to Italy, so. There you go. Maybe that's my IRL moment. I didn't go to Sicily. I am Sicilian, hard Sicilian. Do you think if you tried to go find your uh, relatives, they would chase you out of the house with an artichoke? Absolutely, because <laughs> they came over here and misspelled our last name. The yeah. way we spell it now is not the OG way. We'll never be able to find our family in Sicily on my dad's side. Yeah. So. I think there's an extra E somewhere. Because, uh, you know, what's an Italian last name without six vowels? Now I'm I'm now trying to think of how many vowels are in my last name. I have A-S-T-R-O-E-N-I. I have four. So there's like, I think, one or two more E's. I got four. I've got four. I have four as well. There we go. But you have repeats. Yeah. Eyes. I have I. Eyes the repeat. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I'm supposed to have a repeat somewhere, but yeah, we'll never find them. No, it's fine. I, uh, I, no one knows how to translate my last name. Is it spelled the same way? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm, I have no clue. Well, family, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> You can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram uh, and Twitter at Class Sixtina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. You can send us an email at Two Girls Watch TV at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T W O. We have a blog, Beer, Coffee, Donuts, and a YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch you next week. Ooh, Wednesday. We're going to record Wednesday for Friday. And it sounds like I just had a stroke. (laughs) Okay. Are you telling me that so I'm aware? No, I'm telling everyone. It just sounds ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) We'll probably record Wednesday on Thursday for Friday. Okay. I need to go because that's not making any sense. And I need to eat dinner. All right, everyone. Enjoy your evenings. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs)